0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you
1: enjoy the message. In the Psalms, and basically the premise is that we just get some people to come and share about their favourite Psalms. Uh, Psalms is right in the middle of the Bible. Uh, a lot of the Psalms were written by David and, and a, a band almost called the Sons of Korah. Um, so it's just some amazing stuff in there. And I don't know about you, but I've loved hearing some, some different people's perspectives on certain Psalms. Who's enjoyed this series? Yeah, just listening to a few different people. And we've got two great speakers this morning. Now, the last time I saw this man, we were in Alabama together, okay? Um, so I'm just going to invite Robert up to the stage. Let's give Robert a massive round of applause as he comes.
2: Thank you. No Thank you very much, Josh. Um, yes, it was, uh, it was a great time in the States. Um, it was good to see Christian and the family, uh, and with a lovely meal, uh, Nathan, um, A great time. Uh, We went to the uh, Church of the Highlands and Pastor Chris uh, Hodges was excellent. I mean, he's a fantastic speaker. Everything was just on another level. We had a great time. But uh, um, I'm very grateful for the time that I've been given here this morning um, to share a little bit about uh, the psalm that speaks to me um, the most. Now, there are many psalms that I like, um, but today I just decided to focus on Psalms Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Um, and I'll say a little bit about um, the structure of the of the psalm, but also then spend a bit of time talking about what I might say is an interpretation or my interpretation of what that psalm means. And more importantly, I'll try and make a relation or or draw some some parallels between what the psalm says and some of those experiences, my personal experiences in my life, which is why I think it's it's a very important psalm to me. Now, the book of Psalms contains some of the most beautiful poetry ever written. And many people find that these verses describe human problems so well that they make excellent prayers. Indeed... Some say the book of Psalms is the place to go when you're hurting. Psalms covers timeless themes, which explains why it is relevant to all Christians today as the songs were written thousands of years ago. Trusting in God is certainly one of the dominant themes, followed by praising God for his love. But this morning, I want to focus on mercy and thanksgiving, which is what we hear wrote about in Psalm 107. In it, King David, the sinner, pleads for God's forgiveness. Now, mercy and thanksgiving, these are things that we hear all the time, and they mean different things to different people. But for me, reflecting on my own life, I I see the hand of God in many of the things that have happened right from the time of my birth up until the point I am here today. So, 46 years ago, I was born in a hut in rural Zimbabwe. So, there wasn't a hospital. Um, So, it's the traditional midwives that delivered me. And many things could have gone wrong at the time. So if you think about infant mortality, particularly in the African context, you know, at the moment, we, the statistics uh, say it's, it's about 23 young, people, young uh, babies die uh, out of every 1,000. Uh, that, that's within the Zimbabwean context. I could have been one of those 23, particularly having been born in a place where there were no nurses, there, were, there was no emergency doctor that could attend to me if anything had happened. And in fact, poignantly, I was born a few years after my parents had lost a baby boy. So a brother of mine had died shortly after birth. It's something that they don't talk a lot about. But I was told that as a result, I was molly cuddled, you know, so I got the best of it. Um, but I mean, on a serious note, I mean, that could have been me in that kind of situation. But God in his favor saw it right that even though there were not the modern um, facilities to look after me, God was there and I'm here today. Now I return back to uh, Psalm 107 and I'll say a little bit more about my life as we, as we proceed. The Psalm is divided into 43 verses, and is one of the longer uh, psalms in the, in the Bible. In the Revised Standard Version, it is split into seven sections, each section having a related but distinct theme. The first section, the shortest, comprises verses 1 to 3, the second, verses 4 to 9, the third, verses 10 to 16, the fourth, verses 16 to 22, the fifth, verses 23 to 32, the 6th, verses 33 to 38, and the 7th and final, verses 39 to 43. Because of time constraints, I'll base my talk primarily on sections 1 and 2. Let's read them, and they'll come up on the board. I'll read. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those who he redeemed from the land, from the hand of the four, those who he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I think that's a, a powerful set of verses that just speaks to the mercy and the wonderfulness of God in, in our lives. Although it was written thousands of years ago, it is still as relevant um, today as it was then. I want to just delve a little bit more into the verses. So starting with verse 1. Verse 1 states the theme. We are to give thanks to God for his goodness and loving kindness, for his loyal love and undeserved favor. Verse 2 and 3 set the scene a bit more precisely by defining who it is who is to give thanks to the Lord. Those who has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered from the lands. The idea of redemption implies bondage. The one needing redemption has fallen under the domination of some power. He could not free himself. He needed a redeemer to free himself. God had redeemed Israel first from slavery in Egypt and then from captivity in Babylon. We who are in Christ have been redeemed spiritually and eternally from bondage to to sin, self, and Satan through the blood of Christ. Also, as we walk with Christ, we experience his deliverance from the problems we face in our everyday lives. As we realize our helplessness, and experience God's gracious help for our problems, we ought to appreciate His love and give thanks to Him. That's precisely the core of the message. Now, if you look at the world today, so many wars, so much strife. We were in America ourselves, and there's a problem with gun crime, there's, there's so, many, so much problems, uh, so many problems related to drugs. Um, So many issues uh, across the world, unemployment, um, wars, famine, and all these things affect millions and millions of people. And we sat here today, should be very thankful to our God that we have been delivered from some of these challenges. I mean, again, I was going back to my own life story. As I said, it's, as someone was born from Zimbabwe and moved here about 20 years ago. I was looking at life expectancy. And the life expectancy, at least in 2006, for, a, for the male Zimbabwean was 37 years. Can you imagine that? 37 years. Now, that's not a lot. There are millions of people, there are thousands of people who have actually died before they've got to the age of 38. And that's really sad. Now, contrast that with... the Today's um, current uh, life expectancy in the UK, which is 81 years. So by dint of being born in a particular location, you either live a very short life or a very long one. But whether your, your life is long or short, I think at the heart of it is really about the quality of that life and what that life speaks in respect of the love of God and what he's done for us. So you could live up to 80, but not know what real freedom is. And I'm thankful today because I've been delivered. I've been delivered from some of these challenges. I still battle on. It's always a battle. Every day it is as a Christian. None of us is perfect. But I'm thankful that I know Christ and that I, I believe that he died for me. And that he will rise again. So it's important as we reflect even on our everyday, uh, everyday celebrations of birthdays for, of important people close to us. That we think about some of these things. That there are other people out there who don't make it to some of these important milestones. And, and that we are grateful and thankful to him for delivering us. And giving us this life that we have even here t- today. There are many things that can go wrong, many things, many challenges that are thrown to us. I mean, as a Christian, you're not immune to it. I mean, um, we always hear this from, from our pastor here, a campus pastor here. He always talks about that. Because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have any challenges. But thank God, for we know, as we sang this morning, that we will build our life on the rock that we'll put our faith in Christ. And together, as a community of Christians, we can support each other and encourage each other to grow. And always be thankful for his love that endureth forever. Forever. Now, verses 4 to 9 uh, of the psalm. And I'm aware of time here because I've only got 15 minutes. Um, it talks more about wanderers, you know, kind of people who are lost. So this is, this group is lost in the wilderness, aimlessly wandering in confusion. They lack the security and stability of a city to call home. They are hungry, thirsty and fainting from exhaustion. Finally, they call out to the Lord in verse 6 and he delivers them and directs them to an inhabited city where their needs are met. Therefore, they are to give thanks to the Lord for his love and wonderful deeds. The wanderers represent those spiritually lost, groping for meaning and purpose in their time apart from God. There's no genuine meaning of life or purpose for living if you live apart from God. This I absolutely believe. There's one thing worse than being lost. That's being lost and not even knowing that you're lost. Now, as I was, as I was preparing for t- my talk today, I came across a story that someone told, and I'm just going to read a little bit of it. And the, and the guy wrote, I read, a, I read of a boy and his brother, whose grandmother took them to Disneyland. During the course of the day, she bought each of them a little flag. At one point, they stopped to watch a parade as toy soldiers marched by, by, playing their instruments. Suddenly, the grandmother realized that the four-year-old was gone. She was in a panic. She began frantically searching for him. Then she happened to look up at the parade marching by, and there, at the end of the parade, marching along, smiling happily, waving his flag, was a grandson. He was lost, but he didn't even know it. He was having a great time. Verse 9 tells us the kind of people God helps. The hungry, the thirsty, uh, sorry, and, the, and thirsty in soul. It is those who realize that they are lost and cry out to God, whom he answers. Those who march through life, ignoring or denying their desperate need for God will not find him. He satisfies the, the thirsty soul and fills the hungry with what is good. So we can see from just a few of the examples that I've given, and in the, in the example of this young man who is lost, but enjoying himself, a, a picture of what we see sometimes in our own friends, uh, and, and, and in the lives of those who we yearn to come to Christ, that they are marching on, enjoying life, but they're actually lost. And our, jo- our duty, our role is to pray and to ask God to continually reach out to these hearts. For them to know him and to come to him and find salvation. So Psalm 107 in many ways is, a, is, is also a challenge uh, to, to us as Christians. To think about, to look around us and think about those who perhaps are not aware of God's grace. And the power of his love. That we reach out to them. That they too. Might find. This peace and forgiveness. And they might enjoy his mercy. So for me. And they're coming back to me. And I'm coming to the end now. Thinking about. My own life. From that point 46 years ago. When I was born in Zimbabwe. Up until the point I'm here today. I've always thought about how it is that I've managed to do all the things that I've managed to do. There are many other things that I still want to do. But I realize that quite often, I'm always wanting more. I'm always looking ahead, asking God for more. And sometimes I don't take time to really think about what he has done for me. So, I mean, one of the interesting um, statements that I came across, and I think it will come up on the board um, if they they have it at the back. Said, I used to pray for the things that I have now. I used to pray for the things that I have now. And I thought, well, that's quite a, a powerful statement. Because it's a reminder of God's provision. And quite often, because we always want more, we sometimes miss the significance of what we actually have. Not just materially, but in terms of our spiritual richness, if you want. That grace of God that has been given unto us. And a lot of us, I think, are guilty of this. We always want more, and yet we don't sit to think about, or be very grateful for the, for the wife you have, the husband you have, the children you have, the job you have. As I said, many others can't even get to the age of 37. So we've got a lot to be grateful for. And so Psalm 107, for me, speaks very powerfully to the mercy of God. And this morning, I hope that through the little bits that I've shared uh, with you, that even you too can begin to appreciate just how far you've come. Just how far the blood of Christ has covered your life, and how far you have been delivered from a lot of other things that could have happened, that affect millions of other people today. So I think we've got all reason and all confidence going forward to thank God and to continually do that, for He is always grac- gra- gracious to us. We are not deserving. None of us are are saved because of our works. All of us will fall short of the grace of God. But he always, he always comes through for us. So this is why I think 107 is an important psalm. And we should always read it with thankfulness and joyous hearts. Thank you for listening this morning.
1: yeah that was that was great thanks for that Robert now we uh, we have the privilege of hearing alini so let's give alini a round of applause as she comes
0: wow that wasn't wasn't that great well done Robert that was amazing. I was even thinking well, how can I follow that but I know we are i'm just continuing on what god is gonna speak to us this morning so i just want us to close our eyes just so i can pray over what i'm gonna say anyway so lord i pray in jesus name that you, God, that you use me, Lord, that you will just use every word that comes out of my mouth, that will be from your Holy Spirit, and that your people will receive what you have for them, God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray that your blessing will be upon the service today. Continue on the service, and continue, Lord, what you've already been speaking through, Robert, in Jesus' name, amen um yeah Robert that was amazing I I feel like there's a few things that I need to get home and just go through it again you know to just let it sink in so um I love 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 the the new series Summer in the Psalms because it's just such a powerful the the Psalms is such a powerful book isn't it um it talks about it's a compilation of songs and poetry and and of different things that people were going through at that time, you know, the deepest despair um, into seeing God provide and protect and comfort. So it's such uh, an encouragement to me. I love this book of Psalms. So um, I've actually picked uh, Psalm 63, which is um, one of my favorite Psalms. I know we're all talking about uh, you know, favorite Psalms here and there, but that is truly one of my favorite Psalms. I go back to it regularly because I feel like it's a, it's a heart of worship Psalm, um, where I need to retune myself. Like, I have to, you know, cause we go through so many things in our daily living, um, I, for me at least, with the kids and stuff I actually need to take time to myself and just retune my heart and my my soul so this is the psalm that I pick um every time that I need to retune my my heart and um so let's read I just actually want to give you the background in it um it's a psalm of David when he was uh rest uh, in the wilderness and he was struggling because Saul was chasing him he was um hunting him and uh he was struggling a lot i mean if you think about what who saul was saul was one of the king um at he was a king at the time so if you think about saul and the power that he had um and all the man power that he had to chase david and if you put yourself in david's position if you think about fleeing um, running away as fast as you could. Uh, you probably wouldn't pack much, would you? You probably wouldn't um, take much with you because you're running away. So if you think about everything that you're taking with you and you go going to a desert, you're probably going to struggle with food. You're probably going to struggle with water. What you're going to, you know, where you're going to sleep. So I want you to think of that while, when we read um, verses 1 to 2. So should we do that? Can we turn to... Psalm 63, and let's read. O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I love David's heart here because he gets his priority right. He says, God, you are my God. So he's putting God first before anything else. And that's the priority that we need to have in our lives. So we we put God first. We acknowledge God. And we say, God, you are first. He actually took time. He sought God earnestly, early. His faith was in God, even under the circumstances that he was in. He puts God first. He also recognized that he thirsts for God. And he compared his thirst with, you know, his physical thirst with his spiritual thirst. So he said um, that, God, I thirst for you. I long for you in this desert land, this barren land. So um, I wanted to give you a a background about us anyway. um, We had had our car. um, Our car was actually crashed onto a few years back. Uh, we had our car that we used to park in front of our house, and um, um, one day we got a knock at our door to say, uh, "I've crashed into your car." So praise God that the guy was honest enough to come, you know, knocking at our door to tell us that, our our, you know, he crashed into our car, um, and he totaled it. So we were like, "What are we gonna do now?" But so the insurance gave us a brand new car. Let me say it again. A brand new car. And it was amazing. It was an SUV, a leather seats, um, uh, like hardly any miles on the, on the clock. I was driving and I was thinking, ah, oh, Stephen, I want one of these. And, you know, we, we loved driving it. And it was, you can compare, you know, our car. I mean, it was a great car that we had. So it's not like it was a bad car, but you can tell the difference between that car and what, what we had now, or for that time anyway. And that's, that's a little bit of what, not that I'm trying to compare the car to the presence of God because it's in parallel, right? Um, but I'm just trying to get you to understand that what, once you taste and once you've seen something that's really amazing... It makes you realize that nothing better can satisfy, isn't it? Um, and a lot of people tend to quench, to try to quench their thirst in different things. Um, especially in our lives nowadays, we try to quench it with other things. But once you taste God and once you experience God, nothing else Nothing else is good. We need to recognize for what it is. When we can't quench that thirst, everything falls into place, doesn't it? In um, Deuteronomy four twenty nine says, "Seek the Lord your God, and you will you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul." So, how do we seek God? Well, in um, Psalm sixty three gives us three three explanations or or points um first one is through praising God and worshiping God through meditating in God and through trusting in God so praising we're gonna read now verses three to five it says because of your loving kindness is better than life my lips shall praise you thus I will bless you while I live I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Praise is an exaltation. It's an adoration. It's a vocal and public outward expression of our love to God, isn't it? And in lifting up our hands, I read that lifting up our hands is actually a proclamation of complete dependence of God. So when, when you see people worshiping, and you see people lifting their hands, is us telling God that we depend completely on you, God. So, and we need to use our, our voices, our bodies to worship God. You know, we can't just... Um, God wants to hear. God wants to hear your, your voice. So sometimes if you think that you can't use your voice because you're embarrassed, you know, at church when you're singing. I um, mean, You might be embarrassed to sing, you know, out. Uh, don't let it. Because God made you just the way you are. God wants to hear us praising Him. And it needs to be vocal. It needs to be in public. Um, so let, just worship God. As as you can, because he loves to hear you. He made you just with that voice, just with that, you know, um, just the way you are, with that passion. So um, we must never feel awkward. He created us. Um, just we shouldn't just worship God either at at church. We need to worship God at home, although it might not be as public. It's still. You know, letting it out and your passion for God. I mean, we uh, Josh was talking about the power uh, of praise and worship in our, our prayer before um, before we had you know the service. And it's true, and it's such a powerful weapon for us to use. I mean, we can't even if you were to really if we were to really study what worship is, it's a powerful tool that we have as Christians to to just worship god and and as we worship god he takes care of all our problems and all you know everything and that's what uh psalm uh, john 4 actually says that the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such to worship him and that means that we're to worship god with all our hearts and everything that we have that's spirit and in truth. In spirit means that we are to, to, to give it all to God. Our hearts before God. Amen. Should we do that? You know, not just here at church, but at home. Um, so I come to my next point, which is meditating on God. It says on verse 6 to 8, it says, When I remember you on my bed, I meditate you in, you in the night watches. Because you're, you've been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. What's the first thing you think of when you think of the word meditation? Really? Think about it. Meditation. Do you think of yoga? I do. Do you think of um, relaxation and, you know, zen? That's what people think, isn't it? nowadays it's all about zen it's all about meditation it's all about emptying your mind and you know but the word meditation actually means it really is to contemplate to ponder to consider to really think deeply about something just like david did wasn't it he filled his mind with god he reminded himself of god's help he uses the words Your right hand, which is the power of God, it's his mighty hand, is actually used in the Old Testament for um, the work that God did in Israel. So, that powerful hand, and that if God did that all that work in Israel and he did that all that work in David's life, how much more he can do it in our lives that he can help us, you know, in our daily living. So, let's read. Uh, trust in God now verses 9 to 11 says but those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth they shall fall by the sword they shall be a portion for the jackals but the king shall rejoice in God that's David everyone who swears by him shall glory but the mouth of those who speak lies shall be destroyed David knew that God was going to protect him David knew that God was going to comfort him. He was going to um, save him because he trusts in God. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a real deep sense of trust in David because he had that faith. You know, it's, sometimes it is hard. I mean, the word trust, it is hard for some people to really trust God more some than others. But there is um, that sense of, you know, because it requires faith. You know, God never said that it would be easy, the narrow path is hard, and we'll have difficulties and hardships and sicknesses and ups and downs of life, but one thing is certain, one thing is certain, is that God never said that he would leave us, he said that he was never going to forsake us, he'll always be with us, always protecting, always uh, comforting We need to place that trust in God who is unwavering. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen? So we can really trust in God. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your path. So I just want to encourage you this morning. I don't have much time. Uh, I really want to encourage you this morning to really... Put your trust in God, quench your thirst in God and his presence because he will fill us even more. And when we look to him and him alone, he's the one that places, you know, faith in us. The Bible talks about that Jesus is the author of our faith. So if we ask Jesus for more faith, God, that we can trust in you, then he will give us because he's a good God. Amen.
1: great. Come on, we can do better than that. Well done Alini, that was great. That was great.